Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to Element. My name is James. I am the Director of Student Ministries here. Uh, I would love... We, the youth group or the high school group uh, just got back from uh, a missions trip to L.A., and I would love to give you all sorts of cool details about it because um, it was an awesome trip. Uh, really kind of... For a few of our students, um, it seemed like a huge pivotal point uh, in their walk with Christ, which was awesome to see, and it was awesome to be part of that and to see that. Uh, I can't give you a ton of details because I think I'm already talking for a long time today. Um, so I will just email it to you, and I think I'm doing the email update this week. And so um, I got a few pictures, and I'll give you some details of what we did, things like that. Um, another uh, quick announcement that I have is the video photo, photo media um, people uh, need volunteers. Uh, we need volunteers for sound, for video, for slides. Um, so if you are maybe semi-techie, we'll teach you, kind of. Um, <clears throat> we won't teach you everything, but we'll teach you what you need to know, and, and we would love to have you uh, serve with us and, and be part of that. Uh, the next thing that you need to know is uh, we're having uh, adult baptism classes uh, are happening uh, after every service today. Um, so stop by. Uh, there's going to be... Uh, you can stop by the Welcome Center, or you can stop by the... Um, what do we call that area? The classroom over there across the hallway? That's where it's going to be today, correct? So uh, if you are interested in getting baptized, if you want more information about getting baptized, if you're like, I haven't been baptized yet, I think I should do that. Please go to this class. Uh, we'll tell you all about it. We'll answer any questions you have, things like that. If you have uh, children and you're like, hey, I think my child should get baptized, or they have expressed interest to you, there's going to be a uh, baptism class for children uh, next Sunday uh, after at about 12.45 in the children's room. So um, that's happening for all your kids. Whew. All right, so there are Bibles in the back and should be Bibles in the seat front, uh, under the seat in front of you. If you don't have one, there are sermon notes on all the communion tables. I'm going to have you guys stand with me for the reading of God's Word. All right, this is Psalms 42.1. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so my soul pants for you, O God. Will you guys pray with me? Uh, Jesus, we uh, love you. We thank you uh, for today. We thank you um, that you are a God who loves us and who gives us great gifts. Um, God, I pray that we would be those who would, who would enjoy the gifts that you bring us, um, but would not abuse them, uh, would not worship them, would not uh, replace you with the good things that you bring into our life, but but you would be um, the center of our life, the center of our focus. And um, God, we would further worship you. And through that, others would come to know who you are. Uh, God, we love you and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, so we're on the Sermon on the Mount. We're about, uh, I think this is week 26 of Sermon on the Mount. So if you missed any of the weeks, you can catch up online. They're all online. I highly recommend you you go and download that. Um, and the Sermon on the Mount starts with, with God's blessings. And so he talks about, uh, Jesus talks about the Beatitudes, blessed, 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 blessed are those. And, and through that, we see that, that we are very blessed people. And, and through that blessing, we long to become a blessing to the world, and we become salt and light to the world. And by being salt and light, we have a better understanding of worship and in God and of God. And so we go out and we live on mission. 
we take these, these good things, these blessings that God has given us, um, and we live on mission and on purpose with and for Christ with these things. And so now Jesus is going to kind of change gears a little bit and talk about how we have all these good things, but sometimes we abuse these good things. And sometimes these good things serve as a distraction to both us and others. And it's not that these things are bad or sinful or wrong in any way, but what we do with them is we kind of pervert them, and, and it actually kind of drives a wedge between us um, and God. And so uh, we're going to talk about prayer uh, the next couple of weeks, and then we'll talk about money and generosity. But today, I get to talk to you about food, which is awesome, because I love food. Uh, Haley and I right now are on the pregnancy diet, um, which is awesome. Uh, it's eat whatever you want, whenever you want, all the time. Uh, so if you haven't been on that diet before, I highly recommend it. Uh, you're not going to lose a pound, but you'll be very happy. So, yes. Um, and, and in eating kind of like this, I guess it hasn't changed too much. Uh, but it's really made me think about how reliant we are on food. We as people use food for everything. You want to catch up with someone, you you do it over food. You want to celebrate with someone, you do it over food. You want to mourn with someone, you do it over food. You want to get to know someone, you do it over food. You want to go on a date or a first date, you do that over food. We we use food for everything. I I mean, on Yelp, guys, everyone knows Yelp. Yelp has reviews for over 200 restaurants in Santa Maria alone. Okay, I know, you're like, Santa Maria has 200 restaurants? It, apparently it does, according to Yelp. It, it's crazy. We use food as, as entertainment, and we watch food on our TVs, and we watch food being critiqued on our TVs. We even have a classification for people surrounding food. We call them foodies. It, it, it's nuts how, how focused we are on food. We vacation around food. For me, one of my favorite things about vacationing it's trying new foods, okay? Whenever I go out of town, I, I make sure not to go to a restaurant um, that is in Santa Maria because uh, that's just ridiculous and a waste of money. Um, and, and so I love trying new things. I love doing that. Uh, we even have these huge ships called cruise ships. And like the main draw of a cruise ship is the food, which is ridiculous because the food on a cruise ship is not even that good, but we romanticize this idea of having food constantly, See, on a cruise ship, if you've ever been on a cruise ship, you know what I'm talking about. There is food available to you every minute of every hour of every day you're on that boat. And it's all included in the price. And what's crazy about it is even if you're like, man, I'm really tired from eating all this food. I just don't feel like I can walk to, you know, the ninth deck where all the food is. Can I just call someone and can someone bring me food? Yes! At any time of the day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, brunch, snack, dinner, midnight, snack, whenever you want, food is delivered to you. It's fantastic. And we pay thousands of dollars to gain back every pound we lost for this trip. Praise Jesus the whole time. And so um, many of you know that uh, I got to find out what happens on a cruise boat when this ability to get food is swept out from under you. Um, in 2010, I was on that cruise boat, actually that was my honeymoon, on that cruise boat that broke down off the coast of Mexico, um, and, and part of the problem was the engines weren't working, and everyone's like, oh no, the engines weren't working. The real issue was there was no power, which meant there was no way to cook food, there was no stove, there was no oven, there wasn't even a toaster, there was no refrigeration, and it was like, what are we going to do without the ability to eat all this food? 
So, because we were bored, we stood in line for hours at a time to get a mediocre, lukewarm sandwich, okay? And by we, I mean I stood in hours, like in line for hours to line up for like a spam and potato salad sandwich. It was not pleasant. And the reason that I did this and hundreds and not, not thousands of other people stood in line for such a mediocre sandwich is because you take a bite of a sandwich and before your taste buds tell you this tastes bad, you get relief, get joy, you get entertainment. It's like you get, you get pleasure, you get satisfaction, you get a distraction from the fact that you can't eat good food. Um, and a lot of time, this is what we go to food for. We go to food for a relief, for, for satisfaction, for joy, for pleasure, for boredom, for comfort. I can't tell you how many times I have been bored and fixed my boredom with food. You know, how many times I've been angry or frustrated um, and decided to just have some me time with an entire pizza. Um, it's just kind of something that you have to do every once in a while is eat a whole pizza by yourself. Uh, and it's, and, and I don't have to convince anyone here that this is the way God made food, is that uh, food is not just fuel. It's so much more than that. Ecclesiastes 8.15 says this, And I commend joy, for man has nothing better under the sun but to eat and drink and be joyful, for this will go with him in his toil through the days of his life that God has given him under the sun. The entire book of Ecclesiastes um, is Solomon looking for meaning, for joy, for purpose in the gifts of God. And then realizes that he cannot find meaning and joy and purpose in the gifts of God without God. But he is saying that all these things are gifts from God that we should enjoy and we will fully enjoy them when we are centered around Christ. Nehemiah 8.10 says this, And then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat and drink sweet wine and send portions to anyone who has nothing ready. For this day is holy to the Lord. And do not be grieved for the joy of the Lord is your strength. We get to rejoice in God and in food. Okay, This is a wonderful privilege. Okay, We get to worship God through food. We get to pray and thank God for food. We get to take all Well, some of us get to take all sorts of different ingredients, combine them together, throw some magic in there, and make this glorious, wonderful, tasty, delicious dish that brings great glory to our Savior. Okay? This is fantastic news. You guys don't seem nearly as excited as I am about this. So I'm just going to say this is fantastic news and and keep going. Um, and so this is this is wonderful, but but oftentimes... We take the gifts of God and we use them as a distraction from God. We get so caught up on creation that we forget about our creator. We look for joy and purpose and nourishment and escape from life and food and not in God. I mean, when's the last time, instead of praying through a situation, you ate through a situation? Okay? Instead of, some of you are like... Yesterday, um, others of you are like not funny, too too close to home. Um, uh, when's the last time instead of you know seeking godly counsel and advice, you went to Doc Bernstein's for the creamiest ice cream money can buy? Again, one of you, you and I are on the same page because I do that too often. 
And that brings us to food and to fasting. So if you have a Bible, or if there is a Bible near you, open to Matthew 6. I'm going to be reading Matthew 6, 16 through 18. So, and when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. I think most of us know what a fasting is, but still fasting is a, is a foreign concept to many of us. So, in order to get us all on the same page, we've got to kind of define fasting what it is, what its purposes are, and, and, and why we should fast. And I stole these words from John Calvin, so it's kind of paraphrased. Yeah. Uh, a fast is with treating from our normal mode of living to take upon a stricter and more severe seeking of Christ. That we put off our normal mode of living. Now, this could be for a couple hours. This could be for a day, a couple days, a week, a, a month putting off some of the luxuries or some of the gifts that God has giving, given us, wanting to do away with anything that might distract us from Christ for a while. And in Scripture, when you read about fasting, almost all the time, not all the time, but almost all the time when you read about it, it is in regards to food, withstanding from food. And instead of eating, we would devote ourselves to God. Instead of eating, we would pray. When you're hungry, you would pray, you would read, you would study, you would focus upon the blessings that God has given you. You would spend time further seeking God's calling on your life and and living that out. It's the thought of, I need food to live, but I need Jesus more. I need food to live, but I need to pray about this. I need to seek God in this. And I am willing to give up some of my bodily wants, needs, pleasures, and and personal preferences in order to seek more time with my Savior. And so, while a fast is typically thought about as withstanding from food, it does not have to be withstanding from food. Think about whatever it is in life that distracts you from living life on mission with and for Christ. That could be the thing you need to fast from. So maybe your daily routine is you get up in the morning and you turn on the TV. That's like the first thing you do, which most of you is probably you. You get up in the morning and instantly you check your phone. I know that's, that's me. It's kind of a sickness. Um, but you turn on the TV or you check your phone and then you go to work and, uh, and then you come home and you watch two or three or, or four hours of TV. Maybe that's the thing that you need to fast from. Maybe it's that you are addicted to Facebook and you need to check your Facebook a hundred times a day because the internet just cannot live without your presence. Maybe that's the thing that you need to fast from. One person. Yeah. This is, this is hard. Um, maybe it's something like video games. Maybe it's something like, like you come home from work, and, and instead of hanging out with your kids and your family, um, you retreat to work on the house, or you retreat to your man cave and tinker around with something for a while. It's not that any of these things are, are sinful, but it's they distract us 
I mean, imagine instead of zoning out in your man cave, imagine instead of going on Facebook for hours at a time, imagine instead of watching two, three, four hours of TV, you took that time and, and you prayed. You took that time and you spent time with your family and the God and the calling that God has placed upon your life. You set aside some of the luxuries that God has given you and you spent more time with him. You focused on being a better husband. You focused on being a better spouse, a better wife, a better parent. You focused on your your mission, your calling. You studied the scripture. You spent time with our Savior. Imagine how that might transform some of our relationships and, and, and lives. So, that's what a fast is. That's what we should fast for. And typically, when we read about fasting in Scripture, it's regards to uh, a season of brokenness or, or repentance or just generally seeking God in a season of, of doubt or question. It doesn't have to be. It can just be, I need to spend more time with Jesus. But, but we withdraw from normal and seek Christ. So, that's where it's at. Um, Joel 2, 12 and 13 Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, to rend your hearts and not your garments. See, fasting is for God to rend our hearts. Most of the time, we are so focused on our garments, on on our appearance. We want to look like we have it all together. We want to look like we know what we're doing. We want to look like there are no problems in our life, that our appearance is fine. And we think that we can fool people in this. And we have got away with fooling people for so long, and we've grown so comfortable fooling people that we've convinced ourselves that we can fool God. And we go, I'm fine. No, you're not. Oh, no, you're not. Jeremiah 17.10 says, I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. God searches the hearts and minds of men. See, the sole purpose of fasting is to seek God, not to rend our garments and to look like we have it all together, but to admit, I don't have it all together, but God knows what he's doing, and I'm going to trust him in this. John Calvin says this about fasting. Fasting in itself is of no great value in the sight of God. Essentially, you not eating is of no great value to God. It's not like you not eating is going to impress God. And he's going to be like, oh, they're definitely going to heaven. No. Fasting in itself is not of great value in the sight of God. Unless accompanied with internal affection of the heart. True dissatisfaction with sin and with oneself. True humiliation and true grief. From the fear of God. That's what fasting needs to be. Not rending our garments, but rending our hearts. So, now that we all understand food is good, fasting is good, let's talk about what Jesus says about fasting in Matthew chapter 6. So, in Matthew 6, verse 16, uh, he says this word, and I think, it's, I think it's really cool. He says, when you fast, okay, I know most of you probably know where I'm going to go with this. It's not if you fast, it's when you fast. It's like Jesus assumes that the people of God are going to fast. Now, now you're not going to find a commandment that says, thou shall fast. You're not going to find that verse. But Jesus assumes that his children will fast. Now, I understand the Jews had this written into their calendar. They had fast written into their calendar. But I think the assumption still stands for Christians. When you fast. 
So if you feel like, yes, this is something that I should do, I should fast, go for it, but be smart. Okay? Don't be like, I read this story where Jesus went on a fast for, for 40 days, and then we talked about fasting this morning in church, so I'm not going to eat for the next 40 days for the Lord. Uh, no, okay? be, be smart about this. You'd probably die, or not make it, or just be miserable 100% of the time. E- either, either way, okay? start small. Be smart about this. Okay? Fasting is a spiritual discipline. It needs to be learned and then developed. You need to develop this. So start with a day or two. Maybe some of you are able to start with, with a week. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Okay? Make sure that you are healthy enough to go on a couple-day fast. Okay? If you're a diabetic, chances are fasting from food, not the smartest thing for you. Just, just be practical about this. Maybe there is something else that needs to be fasted from, something else that consumes you. What distracts you from your mission? So Jesus says, when you fast, don't look gloomy. Okay? A fast isn't a burden. Okay? A fast is being led by God, being led by the Spirit. It is not a burden to be led by the Spirit. It is not a burden to be led by God. It's not a burden to be broken before Him. It's not a burden to take our cares, our worries, our fears, our plans before our God. When you fast... It is a blessing. It's a blessing. We get to fast. We get to go before God. We get to be broken before Him. He answers our prayers. We get to give Him our lives. Okay? Don't walk around gloomy and saying, Oh, well, I'm not eating today because I have to seek the Lord. No, you get, we get to seek the Lord. Okay? Don't make yourself look hungrier than you are. Which I know sounds kind of ridiculous, and, and I, I really think that Jesus is making fun of people here. He's saying, look at these people who fast, and they suck in their faces and their guts to make it look like they're struggling with the eating disorder. That's ridiculous. D- don't fast like that. You're not impressing anyone. Okay? Trying to make yourself look like Barbie doll for Jesus is, is not the point of a fast. Also, the point of a fast is not to, to lose those extra couple pounds before you go to the beach. Okay? can't be like, I'm on the Lord's diet. Water and wine only. Okay? No, this is not, this is not fasting. Okay? This is fasting for, for selfish gain. Which brings me to the next point. Don't fast for selfish gain. Don't fast to try and impress people. Jesus, people who do this, people who fast to try and impress people, they have gained their reward. They have gained their, their momentary approval, their momentary praise. But that momentary approval, that momentary praise, that momentary respect fades very, very quickly. I think in modern terms, I'm going to put this in the, the New James Version of the Bible. Um, don't post your fast on Facebook. Okay? See, the thing is, is, a lot of times when we post things on Facebook... We are fishing for compliments. Okay? We are. We want people to look at something in our life and go, I like that. Way to go. Keep up the good work. I'm so impressed. Or something. And we're like, yes, I have 100 likes. I'm awesome. No, not for a fast. This is, this is not a good idea for a fast. Do not go fishing for compliments in your fast. Now, there are a couple people that you might need to tell about your fast. It is not keep it a secret and don't tell anyone. Maybe tell your gospel community, hey, I'm fasting. 
Hey, this is what's going on in my life, and I need to fast about this. Maybe even invite them to fast with you and for you. Uh, Imagine how different, maybe how cool, or maybe how awkward, maybe how powerful that would be if you said, hey, gospel community, this is what I'm going through. I'm going to take the next two days and fast. Will you guys fast with me? And a couple members of your gospel community didn't eat for the next two days in order to seek God on your behalf. That would be very different from the normal. And I think it would be very powerful. So, when you fast, wash your face. Look normal. You don't need to go around to your work complaining about how you're not eating. No one's impressed with you not eating. It's crazy to try and gain the approval um, and the respect of people by not eating. That's ridiculous. Okay? This business is between you and God. Okay? Some other people that you might need to tell, some other people you need to tell, let me correct that, is your spouse and most likely your kids. Okay? You need to let them know about this. You need to say, hey, um, dad's not going to be Dad's going to be fasting for the next couple days and, and break that down for them and what that looks like. They're talking about it today, so, so they'll kind of be tracking with you. And say, so Dad's not going to be at the dinner table for the next couple days because he's going to be fasting. It means he's not going to be eating. It means instead of eating right now, um, he's going to be praying for you. Or maybe sit at the dinner table and just take it. I, I don't know. That might be too much temptation and you can, couldn't do it. But either way, don't withdraw entirely from your family, but let them know what's, what's happening. Let them know you're praying for them, that you love them. You're seeking Jesus on their behalf. And the last point that I have is that your father who is in secret, who sees in secret, will reward you. Now, let me ask you a question, okay? Just t- take a second and think about this. What reward are you living for? What reward are you living for? Because we go to great lengths to achieve our rewards. We do lots of things to get that reward. We'll sacrifice time with family and friends in order for the reward of more money or in order for the reward of respect at work. Maybe it's the complete opposite of that. You'll sacrifice money and respect at work in order for the reward of spending time with your family. We look to rewards in in friendship and respect and money and the approval of opposite sex and pleasure and sex. We go to great lengths to achieve these rewards. We make great sacrifices to obtain these rewards. We stop at nothing. We choose, we decide, we, we change our marriages, our spouse, our parenting, our our friends, the people we date, our gospel communities, oftentimes based on rewards. What's in it for me? Now, don't answer this question. Don't even nod your head to this. Do you count living for God, with and for Him, as reward? Don't answer I think your life will answer this for you. Do we count seeking God as reward? Or truly? Because Jesus isn't saying, if you fast, you'll get money and fame and power and a job and a house and a car or a new car or a spouse or 
a new spouse or children or different children. He, he isn't saying that. He's saying you'll be rewarded in understanding and in seeking God and understanding your calling. God has invited us to live on mission. That's a reward in itself. It truly is. Which I think many of us struggle with because it doesn't always feel like reward. Because godliness is difficult. It's dying to myself. It's giving of my own will for his will. And sometimes that feels burdensome. It doesn't feel like a reward. It feels like you're with you're making me withstand from pleasures that, that I want. You, you look at Jesus. Jesus does this. He fasts for 40 days. Okay? Difficult. And then he is tempted beyond any of our abilities. Okay? It's not just don't eat for 40 days um, and then let me tempt you for food. It's don't eat for 40 days and, and be weak. And then Satan comes and tempts him with a crown without a cross. Jesus knows what's going to happen and how difficult that temptation would be. You look at Jesus and he comes down to earth and he he dies a very gruesome and excruciating death. And he counts it as reward. He submits his will to the Father's will. I'm going to die for these people so that they might have life through me. See, fasting is not to obtain the reward. It's not to obtain the the earthly reward. Fasting is to be restored in the joy and the hope of God's salvation. That's a wonderful thing. And I think of us, I think a lot of us, we have a very hard time uh, with fasting because fasting is difficult. See, we can come to a Sunday morning and we can sit or listen or, or, or tune out whoever's speaking on stage. We can stand whenever the band asks us to stand. We can maybe sing along every once in a while when we feel like it. We can participate in a notes night or halfway participate in a notes night. We can get involved in a gospel community or just go to a notes night. But fasting, I know a lot of those things are difficult. Fasting requires difficult work. It says you are going to withhold yourself from, from pleasures, from luxuries, from, will, from wants, from, from needs. It's actual, uncomfortable, hard work. And we trade all those things so that we can seek and trust God more fully. And I think this is such a difficult topic because a lot of us, myself included, go, that's a great idea. Fasting's a great idea. But I just don't feel like God's calling me to that. As a few of you are laughing because you've done that the entire time I've been up here. What a great idea. You tell him, James, but I just, I just don't feel like God's calling me to that. Well, what if it's not a calling as much as it is an offering? God, I am giving this to you. This is an offering to you. See, Jesus is constantly offering himself to the Father. He's constantly surrendering his will. He's constantly withdrawing from some of the ease and some of the luxuries that he has. In a strange way, 
And in a very cool way, like we see the ultimate fast in what Christ does. That Christ leaves his, his luxuries. Christ leaves his full power, his full glory, his full being. He leaves the comfort of heavenly realm. And he takes upon the body of men. And he lives and surrenders his will to the Father. The Father gives him and asks of him limitations. And we see this great fast and this great sacrifice. And him constantly surrendering his will to the Father. That's what we do in fasting. We give of our desires, of our needs, of our wants, of our comfort, of our personal preferences, and we surrender our will to his. It's the reason why we come to communion every week. Every week we surrender our will to Jesus, and we say, thank you for surrendering your will to the Father and dying for me even though I am not worthy of it. We break the cracker, which represents his body, which is broken for us, and we dip it in the wine of the grape juice, which represents his blood. And we come with thankful, grateful hearts that we get to seek Jesus. The band's going to come up, and they're going to play a few songs. And, uh, and we sing. We sing of his great power, of his great strength. We sing of his ability to comfort We bring our thoughts, our worries, our plans, our cares to him. And we sing of his glory and power to save. We worship God through uh, tithes and offerings. There's offering boxes in the side and, and in the back. And we say, everything we have is already yours. Everything we have is yours. You have blessed us in so many ways. This money is all yours. I'm going to give some of it back to you. Thank you. We worship God through prayer. There's going to be some, some deacons in the back. Pray with someone. Talk to them about this. Maybe you're in a season of dryness or of doubt, or maybe you're like, yeah, I, I think I should fast. I'm a little scared uh, and worried. Pray with me about it. Go pray with someone about it. If someone from your gospel community is here, grab them and then go pray in the back. Prayer should be a normal part of our lives, and praying with others should be a normal part of our lives. We worship God through community. There's some goodies in the back, um, and so go in the back and hang out for a while, get to know someone, talk with someone, but then maybe invite them out to lunch. I know, we talked about abstaining from food all week, but, or all day, but invite them out to lunch and talk to them about this. Talk to them about some of the comforts and luxuries that God has given you that distract us from Him, from our calling from what he places upon us. Talk to them about that. Pray with them about that. Seek God together. Live life in community. Get involved in a gospel community. Seek God together. Will you guys pray with me? Uh, God, we thank you for showing us what fasting is all about. God, we thank you for food, and we love food, and we're huge fans of, of food and, and, and all the things that it brings. But help us to be more focused on you. 
that our focus wouldn't be on our comfort and our luxuries, but our focus would be on you. And we would find comfort in you, and we would see that getting to seek you is not a burden, but it is a blessing. And a lot of times it, it can feel burdensome. That you would restore us to a joy and a hope in your salvation. We would take our weariness and we would give it to you. God, we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.